Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Monday, start of another week. Oh, boy. Got my first Astonishing Swordsman game to run tonight, which should be exciting. Great way to start off a week, I think. My week always feels better after I've done a little gaming on a Monday. I hope you're all doing well, and I'm going to have the kids here until at least tomorrow. So, anyway, I don't have any voicemails, I don't have any emails, so let's just talk monsters. I want to talk about supplemental monsters, and what I mean is monsters from supplements other than the core rules. Now, I know there's dozens and dozens of monster books out there. I have a few favorites, and I'm going to mention a few here, that I use to, well, sometimes I actually get an inspiration for a game through a monster or two, but a lot of times I use them to punch up stuff, like if there's something I've written or I've got a module, I want to punch it up. Some of my favorites, let's go back old school, real old school. (laughs) The Judges Guild Field Guide to Encounters, Volumes 1 and 2. They're usually sold as a set, and that's got to be one of the most weird monster books I've ever seen. Uh, Ignoring the attempt at a role-playing game with some of the really weird house rules, the monsters in there... I just like because there come there's some awesome ones and there's some really stupid ones. And they're all statted in like a real fast stat block and then one line of description and that's it. I could look at something like that and go, oh, I can do something with this. Man, oh man, this is going to be fun. They're not going to see where this came from. You know, they're not going to see this coming. So I like to use that. I mean, you know, the stupid ones, where else are you going to be able to fight toast or cigarettes? But be that as it may, I just love it for some wacky inspiration. Great for things like post-apocalyptic games, too, like Gamma World or Mutant Future. Let's see, what else do we have? Oh, the let us not forget the Tome of Horrors Complete and Tome of Horrors Volume 4. Apparently, it wasn't complete. I love pulling Frog God stuff because they have some of the more inventive, most inventive monsters that I've seen in a long time. I've got a few undead in there that are just my favorites from the Bone Cobbler on down to a few other ones in there that I can't think of right now. And also we have the new Big Dragon Games Creature Compendium. Richard J. LeBlanc managed to stuff about 200 really interesting monsters in here. And he dual-statted everything, which I like. It's dual-statted for either... First edition or zero or first edition or BX. So talk about flexible. Only thing it doesn't have is the usual ascending or descending. It's all descending armor class. So you have to do a little conversion if you're using like Swords and Wizardry or one of the more modern games like fourth or fifth. These could be a lot of this stuff could be used in fifth edition with very little to rewrite, very little modification. And they're just glorious. You got a Liger in here. Man, who doesn't want a Liger in their game? Stated for 0E, 1E, and BX. Wow. Bred for their skills and magic, of course. 
Those are some of my favorites. And I've got little books like Beasties from Night Owl Workshop. They're through a few curves with me. I've got, there's one in there that I'm going to use in my Monday game. And let's see if they take it. I'm not going to mention it. I will have to mention it because I know at least one of our players listens to this podcast. So i got to be careful now. I've never, usually I just spill the beans on whatever I'm doing and whatever I'm planning. Because it used to be whatever group I was in, Nobody listened to what I said. Nobody listened to Thicko's Hammer. Nobody watched my videos. Nobody listened to this show. So it's like, okay, gloves are off. I can talk about this stuff. And then Carlos, our DM for that great 5e campaign, told me a couple of weeks ago, you know, I've been listening to your show. Really? Oh, boy. Okay, well, I guess I'll just watch what I say then. But I've got one or two monsters in there. I hope I'm hoping to use there. See what happens. Stunning Swordsman is based on one E, so it's really easy to convert. Now, I do have a pet few pet peeves though. I would like lists in the back of these books for I don't use challenge levels or things like that. I don't like them because it's too easy to get to challenge levels are a little I uh, see when I when I do balancing encounters or not balancing encounters sometimes. I just do it party level versus hit dice of monsters. That's all I do. And I do make you know, I do make exceptions for monsters with special abilities or defenses or something like that. I kind of sort of roughly go through went through the rule cyclopedia and watched how Frank Menser wrote it up. And while it's a little confusing, I can take a few pointers from that. But I do level versus hit dice, and it seems to work out. I don't like challenge levels because to me it's too too easy to get locked into being obsessed with balancing encounters. And I don't think all encounters should be balanced. I don't like that. I don't. It's not. A, I'm sorry. It's not always a fair fight. You know, you're not going to always going to be going up against your weight class, and that's when you learn to run away and come back to fight another day. So I would like books to, like, if they list their monsters, list their monsters in the back by hit dice. Now, I know, like, Swords and Wizardry, they don't, they have few, I've seen PDFs on their site that you can download of, like, say, uh, Tome of Horrors complete by hit dice. Or oh, they put challenge level in there. And with challenge levels, I can kind of extrapolate from that, but I really don't want to. But it'd be nice to, if I can pick out monsters by hit dice, because that would make my job a whole lot easier. I, you, people say, oh, there's a difference between challenge level and hit dice, because the, all the monsters have hit dice. I don't want to have to figure out what my challenge level for a monster is. Oh, well, it's already printed in the book. Well, yeah, well, what if I'm wearing my own stuff? Okay. That's my argument. I would also like them to put a list of the monster, the monsters they have in their book by terrain, because I do worry about that. I've used the example of I don't want to throw a remorse on a tropical island. It just doesn't fit. And so a lot of these books, like the, the basic books like Rural Cyclopedia, the Beckmean, they'll, they'll put at the end ter, uh, location or terrain, and it'll say something. Just at the end. But I don't want to have to go through and read through every description to find out if this is a good monster for me. Sometimes you can tell the way they describe the monster and the way the monster looks in the illustration. You can tell 
where it should be terrain-wise. But at the same time, if I'm skimming through a book looking for a monster, and I just want something that's four hit dice that you use for being in a mine and have a list there, that would be really nice. So I hope you guys are hearing me out there, the guys who publish monster books and other supplement books like that, because some of them do, some of them don't. I think it should kind of be standardized. I'm just funny that way, I guess. Making my life a little easier, DMing, you know, that's kind of weird, I know. But, hey, there it is. What are you going to do? Anyway, that's my little rant on monsters. And so it's time for me to go finish up my prep for the game tonight. And I hope you folks have the rest of the day go swell for you. Swell? (laughs) But until I see you next time, keep the dice warm. And I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.